She has 20 years of experience using actor training and storytelling research to transform leaders and their presentations. She strongly believes that with storytelling, anyone can be a leader. Lara Louise Barr has been studying fiction and non-fiction storytelling since her childhood. She's an award-winning writer and a filmmaker and she teaches storytelling to business leaders as well as job seekers. Lara has taught thousands of speakers how to tell their own stories to motivate and inspire others. And today's episode, let us chat with her and learn to tell our own stories. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks, I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. And through the Guiding Voice, we help and enable successful leaders share their knowledge and wisdom with the world so that our audience will acquire more knowledge for every minute by tuning into our podcast than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me. And we are extremely pleased to have Lara part of the Guiding Voice journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Lara, I'm super excited to have you part of today's conversation and hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice. Wow, thank you so much. Very excited to be with you. Yeah, same here. And Lara, let's quickly get into our conversation. Maybe you can share your career journey briefly and the top three things that have helped you so far to be successful in your professional life. Okay, so I started in the theater as an actor, a musical comedy actress. I then got my degree, my master's degree, and I started teaching I eventually went into corporate training and I started teaching public speaking and emotional intelligence. And that sort of combined my background in the theater. Uh, Three things that I learned. You know, I was very afraid as a speaker. And so I learned to embrace my imperfections. That's the first one. That was a real game changer. And uh, what did I think of for the other two? I had written them down. Oh, yes. Uh, Focusing on servant leadership and how that can help take me out of myself and make me just more effective. And the third is becoming comfortable with failing, but learning from my failures, failing fast, failing fast and learning fast. Those are the three. So just to summarize... You have embraced your imperfections and then focused on servant leadership, which is quite popular nowadays in the agile software development. And the last one is my favorite, which is becoming comfortable with the failures in terms of failing fast. Excellent. Thanks for sharing those. And now can you shed some light around storytelling in your own words because nowadays there is a lot of emphasis on business storytelling wherein leaders are getting trained to tell stories so that they get funding from the businesses likewise there are so many benefits of this storytelling and i would like to hear from you on this topic yes so what one thing that's very cool and emotional intelligence turned me on to this is there are brain scans that we're doing now to learn so much about communication and the brain. When I tell you a story well, your whole brain lights up, as opposed to if I do a PowerPoint, just one part of your brain lights up. 
which is why stories have been the best teacher in history. And it's why if I do a workshop with you and I tell some stories, you remember the stories more than any other kind of fact that I give you. Uh, So that's the first part. I can talk about um, the how to tell a story if you want me to keep going or yes. So, you know, I've studied storytelling my whole life and it really helps to understand the hero's journey as Joseph Campbell and many others have talked about. And it's what screenwriters use. One thing that business people do wrong, I think, is they don't feel as comfortable sharing their struggles, the obstacle. But when we read a book, a novel, go to the theater, go to the movies, that's what we crave. How did the hero handle the struggle? So our stories have to be filled with our struggles, which goes back to being vulnerable, which goes back to being authentic. And um, But when we do that, we connect and we build empathy. Uh, the other thing that business leaders make a mistake of is they think that they have to give this entire backstory of how they got where they are. But really, there's very little backstory. We want to jump in to the obstacle generally. And then our stories can be short, which is what business wants. They want short stories. I, I love uh, this example of uh not talking about their failures and people flaunt the success stories and they avoid talking about the obstacles that they have come across and all, right? So I can completely resonate with that. And in fact, uh, based on my observation going through a lot of these social media platforms like uh, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, if you observe people who are authentic, right, they get more followers and more likes, more comments and all. And I can totally relate to it. And thank you for highlighting that. And now let's talk about how how these leaders can use storytelling to their advantage. Yeah. So when we regularly tell stories Uh, we connect with the people that we are leading. And so, again, we build empathy in that regular way of sharing our journey with other people. And I guess I just want to mention, you'll probably ask me this, but job seekers are a special category of people that really need to learn how to tell their story well, because They only have a short period of time to connect with the interviewer. And by telling a story well, instead of just going through their resume, taking a moment and then the interviewer gets connected and remembers that applicant. Well, again, uh, a different dimension altogether. And I think uh, I have to share uh, this tip to the job uh, seekers who approach me and definitely it is going to help them out. And now um, let's talk about how these stories gives competitive advantage or the competitive edge when communicating. Right. Well, we have a competitive edge when we become memorable. And so a well-told story, people don't forget it. They go back to it and back to it and back to it. I was talking with someone recently who told me a very brief story 
that he had lost his mother early on, and he always remembered the fairy tale of the phoenix, and that helped him through his early years when he was struggling. And so he told me a story of a story, and now I will never forget that. I remember how that particular story, that that myth rather, helped him, and it reminds me of the power of stories. So yeah, that's a story within a story within a story. <laughs> Quite interesting. <laughs> and uh, now can you shed some light around the differences between verbal and written storytelling? Oh, I love that question. Sometimes the people who are writers, they have a hard time with verbal storytelling because they want that perfect turn of phrase that they work on as a writer. They expect a sort of perfection in the message. But verbal storytelling is not about perfection. It's about authenticity, which means I may mess up. I will mess up. And that is what connects me to the audience. So it's very different. And to tell stories verbally, we have to make friends with our imperfection. Well, uh, such a profound advice. And now let's talk about how can we tell stories well or effectively so that people remember us, like you've mentioned about making or giving that memorable experience so that people remember us forever. You know, storytelling is an art. And so the first tip is we have to practice our own stories. When we practice, then we can find what are the details that we really need to include. And they often have to do with something we see, hear, taste, touch, the senses. Most importantly, we want to put our audience in the moment. Maybe my obstacle is I'm feeling insecure. So I tell the audience about the thoughts I'm having in that moment. So they are with me in that moment. That's the best way that we take our time to put our audience in that moment with me. Excellent. I, I, this reminds me of uh, a situation wherein I was asked to present about entrepreneurship and I gave them a glimpse of what they can imagine about me in five years. And I gave a brief background of how I have evolved and grew as a leader and created a mental glimpse of what I'm going to be. <laughs> I, I can totally relate to that. Now let's uh, talk about the relation between empathy, because empathy is one word which has resonated quite well so far in our conversation, and how this empathy, rapport, and storytelling are interrelated. Yeah, so when, when I share a story about my struggle, I immediately build a connection because we all struggle. And so when I'm authentically sharing a struggle, you're hearing it, you're remembering your struggle, and then we get connected. So this vulnerable moment is the moment where we connect and then we have empathy for each other in that struggle. And, you know, I should also mention that stories don't have to be just about me. They can be about the struggle of my client. They can be about the struggle of the person that I'm 
serving or helping. And then we build empathy all around in between. Wonderful. So now uh, you you mentioned about the job seekers, right? Uh, especially those freshers and all, they have limited time. But how about uh, experienced or the seasoned professionals? Are there any tips for them to tell some stories which will help them during the interview process? Yeah. So I work with a lot of people preparing for interviews and the chief thing that I'm trying to help them understand is a story is a single event, whereas bright, brilliant people, they always want to talk in the abstract, that 40,000 foot level of, and, and it's sometimes the smarter a person is, the harder it is to get them to think just this moment, because this moment stands for the whole. And I like to give an example of in the U.S., we have the State of the Union address that the president gives the country. And he doesn't talk about the big thing. He talks about one person and their experience. That small thing is what we can hook into, not the big. So that's the most important thing. Um, and the other, besides practicing is to really zone in on those parts that you're afraid to talk about. You know, something in my history that's making me nervous or that I'm unsure of, I definitely have to practice those stories and find them because if there's a story I don't want to tell, let me get clear on it. Because if I don't, it's going to keep me nervous throughout the whole interview. All right. Yeah, it makes absolute sense. Now, uh, let's talk briefly about why the structuring of stories is important and how can we structure a story? Like, should we follow any framework kind of thing? Yes. So for me, the best framework is a four-part frame. The first is just the backstory. So um, when I was working as a teaching assistant in San Francisco State, that's that's all I need. That's like five seconds. I um, was a very nervous speaker, and I was standing on the stage in front of my group, and I looked down, and one of the students looked up at me and pointed to her face, and I saw that I was putting ink all over my face. Okay, so that's the second part. That's the beginning of the problem. I'm on stage. My face is covered in ink. I just want to get off. I'm so nervous. This is my first time as a teaching assistant. I don't know what to do. I decide I'm just going to plow through and get through the presentation. Now, that's the third part. That Mine was very short there. It's the obstacle. So backstory, how the, uh, the struggle begins, then we're in the struggle. And the fourth part is the resolution. And in this story, I was, I was doing a presentation on Charlie Chaplin. I didn't recognize the fact that putting ink on my face was something Chaplin would have done. I didn't enjoy that moment. I expected perfection from myself. And I, it was that story that taught me to embrace imperfection, to embrace what's happening in the moment and be real instead of trying to be perfect. So that was my um, resolution. That's the four parts. 
Oh, great example and uh, wonderful conversation so far, Lara. Now let's add some spice to the episode. I'm going to kick off a quick rapid fire round with your consent. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> All right. Let me shoot the first bullet. What was your childhood fantasy? I used to have a fantasy all the time about making movies. I was really um, in love with Robert Redford. So I would think about him seeing my movies. And uh, who knows, that could still happen because I've started making movies. But that was my childhood fantasy. Uh, absolutely. I think um, you got to visualize multiple times. <laughs> and things will fall in place. And uh, yeah, can you share with our audience the best piece of advice that you have received so far? Uh, I know I'm being a little repetitive, but the best piece of advice for me is that as a speaker, as a teacher, as a presenter, I want to bring the whole of me into the uh, interaction. That means, you know, it's not just the perfect me, but it's the klutzy me. It's the me that forgets what she was going to say. Bring the whole of me in. All right. So here comes my next one. Can you describe one life-changing incident that has changed your perspective? Well, I was teaching college and I had a student who wouldn't look at me. He would never look at me when I talked to him. And I thought that he was sort of defying me or he, he didn't want to cooperate. I was afraid. And we had a great conversation one day. I asked him about it, and he said that in his culture, and I'm sorry, I forget where he was from, but in his culture, he was taught to um, honor someone by not looking at them. And that was such a wonderful moment of recognizing that my perceptions can be way, way, way off. And that's really important to check in with people about what I'm perceiving. That's that's an interesting uh, story, I would say. Because uh, normally we get into some assumptions and we get into uh, negative thought process. Maybe we think we, we get into the assumption saying that, okay, probably I'm doing something wrong and all. But yeah, uh, kind of uh, enlightening, enlightening thought over there. And now uh, let's move on to my next question. So what is one thing that you decided not to do after watching your supervisors or someone senior to you? whoever it is, right? What is it you choose not such to do? Great, <laughs> such a great question. I had a supervisor who had really bad nonverbal behavior. She always looked really severe and angry. And her whole um, team was very upset with her. And what I have decided to do is if I think somebody's upset with me, I need to talk about it. She ignored it and it just got worse and worse and worse. So always want to talk about what's the elephant in the room. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Great rapid fire so far. And let me fire one last bullet, which is uh, uh, my favorite question. Like uh, what is one electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? And when I say gadget, you can also think of any technology as well. Well, <laughs> when I read this question, all I could think of was I wanted a gadget that would clean my house for me. <laughs> Nothing related to career, but uh, yeah, 
that housework never ends. I want something to do it for me. Yeah, in fact, it is one of the mundane, repetitive, redundant activity, right? So, yeah, definitely, if if somebody can invent that, that will be a huge hit in the market. <laughs> All right. So such a fascinating rapid fire. And with that, let's uh, flip back to the mainstream. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation, Laura, what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers or lives? You can pick anything. One piece of advice, big in their careers. Wow. I, um, I think that we have to practice. I guess that's the biggest piece of advice because I had a football player uh, once in one of my workshops and he said to me, you know, Laura, I used to spend all day practicing how to throw that football. And I go into presentations and I never practiced before. And wow, I didn't put that together. We think we should be natural, but it's not natural. It's a an art and a skill we need to practice another profound advice and uh, laura thank you so much i i really enjoyed every bit of this conversation and i'm sure it is going to immensely help our audience thank you so much once again for joining me today and thanks for all the wonderful insights it was absolute pleasure talking to you thank you the same i loved talking with you Alright, so pleasure to host you Lara and folks before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you please subscribe to us from the app where you have tuned in from in case if you haven't done already also if you have loved this conversation and found it useful request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. Alright, now let's cruise into the trivia segment of today's episode. Of course today we spoke about uh, telling our own stories and all and i'm not going to extend the trivia or facts about storytelling but this time the trivia is about a tech product and my question is how much did the first apple laptop weigh i know you are thinking but let me tell you the macintosh portable which was released in september 1989 weighed about 7.2 kg I repeat, the Macintosh Portable, which was released in September 1989, weighed almost 7.2 kgs. Alright, so that's all for today. But before I let you go, in case if you have any memorable stories that you would like to share with us or any stories that you have heard from your leaders or any of the speakers, I would love to hear from them. Please feel free to share on the social media platforms or you may drop me a note on the guiding voice for you at gmail.com. Also, if you have any speaker recommendations or any topic recommendations, drop me a note. Thank you so much for joining me. And friends, I'm your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye-bye.